computer. Welcome to Jesus TV. Jesus in this mess is the program. And this is a song. Take Jesus' hand. Walk with Lord God Almighty. Open your heart and you'll see him. Sing with you now. He sings this song and with you. If you believe, you'll hear his voice. Note, have to note, reaching out, dear Lord, touching me, touching you. Sweet Jesus, Lord, prayer songs, let me feel your love. They do incline to believe in God above, and now I'm singing this song. And I don't feel so lonely. You sing with me, duet, it's too. And when I hurt, hurting runs off my shoulders. How can I hurt when loving you? One, touching the one, reaching out, Lord, you're touching me, I'm touching you, sweet Jesus, Lord, Press songs, let me feel your love. They do incline to believe in God above. Yes, yes, hallelujah, yes. Sweet Jesus, Lord, press songs, let me feel your love. They do incline to believe in God above. Sweet Jesus, Lord, 
the songs let me feel they do incline to believe in God above there you go that's called sweet Jesus Lord and you may recognize the tune because Jesus did that with Neil Diamond back in the 70s I think or it could be even the 60s Jesus who's the author of anything that's lovely of good report or praiseworthy the ultimate source it's called the provenance if you're not familiar with that term provenance that means where it's from so ultimately, anything that's lovely, good report, or praiseworthy is from our Lord and King Jesus, who is the creator of all good. <clears throat> but um, Neil Diamond might say, well, no, I wrote that song <laughs> until he heard my interpretation. Like, well, yeah, I guess I, it was. I, I have a gift from God, and it was inspired. So technically, yes, it came. But most album covers don't acknowledge Jesus gave us this. But God has me. Um, not only trust in him in all things, but acknowledge his hand in all things. So if I was to do an album, I'd be like, Jesus wrote this album. Um, and so that song that you just heard is called a, um, you can call it a mashup. Um, Jesus calls them baptized songs. So that's a parable once again. Baptism is a form of uh, symbolic death. So is that the death? of Sweet Caroline, because I sure like that song, Sweet Caroline. Don't worry. She's still walking around like a zombie and will be played at your local adult um, contemporary as well as classic rock. That, that one's re regarded as a classic rock song. So a little known fact about me is that I was called, so people are called the different things in the kingdom of God. And I was called as a song whisperer. You've probably heard of a dog whisperer or a horse whisperer, what they can do is they can listen very carefully and they can hear things that other people can't. The dog's trying to tell us this. The horse wants this. Well, I was given a gift and it's not unlike what Neil Diamond had or John, John Lennon or Elton John or Billy Joel. They also, according to how I understand it, they are also song whisperers. When they received that, they were actually receiving just like Bach and Beethoven they were receiving something that's what we would call in the universe that um, so the mind um, for, for Christians the understanding is the mind goes beyond this vessel we have the mind can actually reach out beyond its sphere and it can start connecting with things that are what Alcoholics Anonymous would call there's a higher power well that higher power actually is broadcasting and if you are a particular gifted person you can actually pick up those broadcasts i remember um learning about who was it barry manilow he wakes up in the night and and he's got music playing in his head and and it makes sense music maybe i do but it doesn't make sense when i'm waking up and he writes it down well that sounds ghostly and it is ghostly if you call ghost spirits so what you just heard um, to fully interpret it is a song that I heard, I believe I heard Jesus. So when I heard Sweet Caroline, and, and that comes into my head, I like, uh, I bet that has new lyrics because that's what God does is he'll convert things. So things that maybe had one purpose to celebrate some woman named Caroline, 
I don't know who Caroline is. I know who Jesus is. So God will take that sweet Caroline and convert it like he's going to turn swords into plowshares to use a parable of understanding. That eventually all things, uh, like Ephesians 1.10 says, all things will be gathered together in Christ. Does that mean every single song is going to have a Jesus version? Maybe. I don't know. But I think Jesus likes the sweet Caroline, so he allows his children to have whatever version. You can probably have a nastier version. You can have sweet Caroline that's less sweet. Uh, dirty Caroline. Um, so God will let people mash up things so that they can experience different things. But when I tried to get more Jesus, which is what happened in 20, 2015, I got born again. Jesus said, Greg, you have a musical universe, um, and I'm going to build that with you. It's called a musical world, and that you would understand me better through music. And so this song, to now go into its lyrics, because this is what I do. I, um, he says it's a witness. You will witness these songs. So different people are called to witness different things. So you're going to hear, for instance, Jonathan is called by Jesus, at least in my interpretation, what God puts in my heart to understand. Jonathan is called to witness certain things, um, and he does so. There's different ways you can do it. Um, so if you're Bruce R. McConkie, you mostly do it in words. And so you witness for Christ. Do you witness everything? No. Jesus has a pretty big universe. There's only time in your lifetime to witness certain things. So what I do is when I receive these songs from Jesus, I, um, I'll edit them, write them down, because they are received prophecy. Um probably by the same spirit that the original um, Neil Diamond got it from. But God has messages for Neil Diamond, but he you know, might have to do with Sweet Caroline. He has messages for me. Just like Emily, God has messages in her painting for her. There are certain messages when she's doing that. I believe that spirits, in particular Jesus' spirit, can actually uh, inhabit her being and start influencing how that thing turns out. And so in some ways, she's just like, what are you doing here, Jesus? And so when I receive these songs, it's the same way. Like they come out of me um, and I see, I see it as like a download from God. I'm downloading and like, is that, is it, where's this song going? <laughs> because like her paintings, because Emily's described that, it's hard to know where your painting's going. And so I, I know like I'm swimming or something or Jesus's pool touching the crosses at both ends. And then maybe that song starts playing because this has happened many times. And I could tell inside my soul, like, yep, that one's baptized. Jesus is already up and having converted. So another term for that, Jesus enriched, converted, um, mashed up. Um, and so I begin to listen and maybe a phrase will come. Sweet Caroline. Well, it's not sweet Caroline. This is, no, I'm hearing sweet Jesus, Lord. Oh, sweet Jesus, Lord. I like that. And then the other parts will start assembling. Um, so one of the things Jesus has me do, because I'm a Jesus street preacher, is he'll have me go take a, a song that he's um, set down to me and witness it to the whole world. So I'm a witness for the song. Uh, I'm a witness. Here's something that God is sending down to the earth. And so Neil Diamond would have been a witness for Sweet Caroline. He could have received that in private and just kept it all to himself. No, this is, I'm not going to share this with the world. It's too stupid or it's too precious. So sometimes you like, you're just going to have a little teeny circle where you're witnessing things. But oftentimes um, we like God are called to 
go preach the gospel to every creature. Go share that beautiful thing you have. Let everybody see it. And then, of course, he has to provide a means for doing that. If you, if you literally want the whole world, Jesus, um, then you're going to have to provide, provide that. And that's so I'm not ambitious of ambitiously trying to share these these songs that um but this is song number I think 107 we have 133 downloaded so far jesus has put it in my heart to understand there's 2000 classic rock songs that he's baptized that is he's converted them and they have new lyrics and these songs will be sung in zion eventual zion but right now we're in early zion so i'm to go witness those and they will be food to certain people. Some people don't like classic rock. So like, no, nope, don't want it. If, if this is a Jesus people potluck, I'll find something else. Do you have any hip hop? Do you have any, um, hey, you, you mentioned Barry Manilow. I'm like, yeah, I'm not big into Mary Manilow, but if Jesus made me, I would, uh, I would download such a song. Um, but I'm into classic rock. And um, so Jesus is giving me that, um, uh, field if you will it's like the field of 2000 classic rock songs and i've gotten the understanding that other other song whispers or you could call them songwriters uh, if you will um will be brought to this project there was somebody first time ever it was my nephew uh he did he downloaded 38 specials um hold on loosely um and i'm like oh that's cool jesus you're bringing another one because I, I, you know, if he wants me to download all 2000, that's fine or not. But once I download a song, then I, I, you know, like Emily does with her painting, kind of finish it up. You're like, yep, I think this is finished. I'll just sing it a couple of times. Like, okay, yeah, that's fitting. So I, so I finish it off. Um, and then the final thing that I do is I'll go do a special worship service. It's called setting it apart. And so it'd be like Emily, maybe putting a frame around something or, featuring like she's doing right now this painting we're looking at right now was featured last week and and she'll tell us more about paintings when i'm done rattling my mouth um but you feature it specially and then it yeah then it goes off to the side until it's brought back at some point so this um uh this setting apart what i'll do is i'll get on facebook live and i'll usually do it for about an hour because uh, they become joyful for me um, because I can actually hear Jesus talking to me and singing along with me, I believe. Um, and so they're joyful. They're, they're, they're witnesses, though, to the world. Um, and I'm telling the world, you want to witness something? And so just as before I got out, Jesus told me, Greg, see, this is what I do. And I, I'd never thought about this before. He will heal somebody. So that person, they may have a special witness. And, and that's a story they'll share the rest of their life. Yeah, that I... There's a plane crash and I was the only survivor and I went into this coma-like state and I saw Jesus. And so that's, he gave them an experience and they are to witness that. And, and sometimes they can't help themselves. Like, oh, I can't help, but I'm going to sing this song uh, I'm, or I'm going to tell this story. Um, and then it, it feeds his sheep. So when Jesus says, feed my sheep, um, he doesn't just go like, yeah, go, go, uh, go get some food. He'll give you food to give sheep and not all sheep want the same food. So that's one of the things I've had to get used to. It's like, I have a brother who loves classic rock. He doesn't like these songs. I think it's vile for him. He thinks it's sacrilege um, to change ACDCs. You shook me all night long to, you took away my sins. Uh, um, and a lot of people who love ACDC would think that's like sacrilegious. 
I mean, I was doing full on devil worship and now you kind of bring Jesus into this. That that sucks um, for lack of better term. And or it's sweet Carolina. They're like somehow that just ruins that song because I have so much memories. I remember my dad running around the house singing sweet Caroline. He was so happy. All of a sudden, this does this have to really be sweet Jesus, Lord? And I'd say, don't worry. No one's going to force feed you at a Jesus people potluck. Okay, they may at church, they may uh, in your home, but I'm not force feeding you. And so, well, but what I am doing is uh, I, I've been given something to witness about. And so this is what I do is I witness. And it teaches me about witnessing. It's like, okay, for most people, most of the things that are shared are nothing burger. Like how many people are going to see Emily's painting? Emily's going to see more of that painting there. This is what happens with artists. She's going to connect with that painting more than any other being on the earth, including the person who buys it. That's what Jesus told me when I was um, being born again. Um, and I'd see these artists and I, I realized the hours they put in there, uh, the chances that somebody who buys that art is going to studiously look at that as much as that artist, very, very low. It's possible, but very low. Usually you buy a painting, you geek out about it for a while, then it just kind of becomes part of the the wall then it's an occasional just kind of like your wedding pictures when's the last time you saw your wedding picture oh well they're very nice right and so we humans have other things to do and so um but this is uh, a deep dive on witnessing so i so i witness and then i interpret the song so i'm gonna um, that's what i'm gonna do now i'm gonna shift towards so after after i sing the song on facebook live i'll say Jesus has messages for me and maybe you as well. So when revelations are received, people automatically, their scripture, they go, well, um, this is for everybody. Well, but God plants, or you could call it, he puts in between the lines. You ever heard that phrase, read between the lines? He'll put things for very specific individuals. So what I see in Sweet Caroline, what does this song say to you? It could be different. What I see in this song, it's the same way. So this is a message from God to me and just like the song that came from jesus to neil diamond sweet caroline was a message and it may have a different meaning than those who um general audience who listen to sweet caroline and think oh well here's what i think of and neil diamond's like no this was my drug habit <laughs> and i was swinging singing but they're like oh you don't don't tell me what it's really about oh you're singing about your sweet cocaine oh that's so sad well it just was is what it is you, you haven't heard my song Red Red Wine. Yeah, I was into drugs. And so so sometimes you don't want to hear the artist's interpretation. Emily, don't tell us what you see in the painting. Let us interpret it for ourselves. Otherwise, we can't unsee it. Okay, so there's the, that as well. Um, I'm going to pause before I do the interpretation, and that'll be the end of that uh, for any comments. Been just rolling. Comments? I was just thinking as as you were doing that song, it actually reminds me, um, like you said, a lot of my painting process. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Okay, good. Yeah, so, um, so I think Greg and I, I think we're the same type of creative in that we create from something. Um, and that's like why I have to create a big mess. It's like, there's this existing mess. You could say this existing song. And then as I see that, I get ideas and I get inspired with new directions and new ways to take that. And um, that's funny. I didn't, uh, when uh, when Greg when you originally sent the lyrics to your song, I didn't get it. But then you sent the YouTube video with just like the karaoke version with just the music. And then 
I could hear it. So it was hard today hearing because I couldn't hear the music very well. And so I think it's hard to get the vibe. But then once, once, um, but since I knew it was Sweet Caroline, I was like, oh, sweet <laughs> Jesus Lord. Bah, bah, bah. I was doing that while I was on mute, right? Because you have to go bah, bah, bah in that yeah. song, what you have to do. Um, and, uh, but those kind of, so it's like this whole idea, I think, it's kind of like the idea in my painting from the other week where we talk about building on mountains. We talk about building on others and we build upon the creativity of others. It's like you keep building and you get this idea and then you go with it and then that gets shared and then someone else builds on it. And then it's this whole idea. I think God works that way with us a lot where it's just, it starts with one thing and you don't know the direction it's going to go because it depends who interacts with it. And it depends, like, I'm sure you were not the only person in the world to do alternate words for Sweet Caroline. I am sure there are many different versions of Sweet Caroline that other people have done different lyrics to. And so it really has to do with um, your interpretation. The other thing that talks that I wanted to comment on is that what you said is that, um, oh, I just forgot. Oh, you were talking about how that doesn't mean as much to anyone else as it does to the creator. And I would, at first I was like, well, but actually I agree. And I think that's why I like people to bring their own, like ideally with my art, I write about it because that's what means a lot to me, but ideally I like people to write about it themselves. You know, I, I had a show where people could interact and write with it themselves. And that's what I like is that when there's that personal interaction, that's when the meaning deepens, right? It's like, um, I was talking with one of my kids this morning about some dreams he was having. And I was like, well, have you written those down yet? You know, and have you talked about it? Because again, until you have, it's like, I feel like with, with God, until you take that step, like, you have to take the investment step. You have to give something to get something, I think. And so until you, whatever that step is, maybe it's writing a song, maybe it's painting a picture, maybe it's working on a poem, but you have to, or just write, I think writing is huge. Like all of ours, we do have an element of writing. Um, but I think it's like when you start, um, I guess how, how I just looked at my, I was just looking at this big painting and oh, you guys can't see this. There's a word that says following on here, but to me, it you guys can't see this, but to me, it looked like flooding. It's like, you have to open the floodgates. You have to open the gates and open the, the experience for Jesus to, to give the opportunity, I guess is what I'm saying. You have to pause and give the opportunity for God to work in you. Because if you don't, this is something I struggle with because I'm just habitually busy, but it's that, um, that pause, have to take that moment of pause. Um, so that's just kind of some of the thoughts I was having while you were working on it. And sometimes it's a process too. Like I, I started this painting this week at a painting thing I did with some local youth. And, um, but now as I look at it again, there's things I'm changing on it. Like there's things as I look at it, there's stuff that I wanna change and wanna do. Anyways, but I'll let you talk. It actually fits really here well here in the middle of my gear painting. Randomly yeah, enough. I, I, I like it. Just glue it in and we're done. And that's actually thinking, I'm thinking I actually might just do that. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, like I just stuck it here because this thing's too heavy for me to move. But I actually kind of really like it right I, here in the middle. Except for uh, then I almost, I can't find Jesus. But now we can find Jesus. Yeah. So does that ruin it? I don't know. I just, I just put it here and I just really like it kind of randomly. 
I do, well, I, I do too, because it, it turns the gear for me into a clock. <laughs> and it's Jesus time. So Okay, Jonathan had a thought. Yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. Jonathan. Can't hear you. Got your mic. It was the mute. So can you guys hear me okay, or is it choppy? Hear you. It's been a little choppy hearing you guys, and so I've I've kind of wondered if um, I had a bad connection. So let me know if I start cutting out. Um, so yeah, you could you know it's up to you. You could glue it in, or you could also um, like you're talking about interpretation. Whoever is interested in it could decide. I want the Jesus in. I like just the mess or whatever, but you'll have to decide. It's your your art. So um, I was going to say. Um, so there's a scripture that I've pondered on a lot, which says that the scriptures are not for private interpretation. You guys familiar with that scripture? Remember that? No, I trust it. Yeah. Emily does. Emily does. Okay. So it's not just me. Sometimes it's like, I don't, I can't remember the chapter and verse, you know, so I just like, I remember it saying something about the scripture is not for private interpretation. And I've thought and thought about that because it's like, well, wait a minute. So how in the world are you supposed to read the scriptures if you're not allowed to privately interpret them? You know, it's like, because that seems antithetical to the way that it works because you read the scriptures and then it, an interpretation comes, a thought comes, an inspiration. It's like, hey, this applies to you in this way. And I, what I thought about it was, it was like, well, wait a minute. Well, I wonder if what it's saying is that the scriptures are not for private interpretation for others. In other words, I cannot be the interpreter of the scriptures for you. Does that make sense? Like that totally shifts it. It's like, it's not so much like, well, no, you can't get it, you know, your own interpretation. It's that, it's that, it, it puts kind of like a ban on, you know, I'm not allowed to stand up as the person on the pedestal and say, okay, this is what it means. And this is the only thing that it will ever mean is this. And you'd better line up with this or else you're not in keeping with the creed or with the, whatever it is. And, um, and <laughs> I, I think that this is the great struggle with um, with uh, I wonder if it's the thing that the struggle with whenever you have an organization. So organizations need to exist because it creates a safe place for people. It gives people a place where the interpretations of things aren't going to be changing constantly because that, I mean, I've experienced that in my own mind at times. Like, I see it this way, I see it that way, and sometimes you can feel like you're going crazy because you see so much and you're trying to make sense of how two different things can be the same so or can be interpreted from the same thing. So so religions and, and, and institutions are really helpful that way, but it's also the Achilles heel of institutions that... They have to kind of decide, well, we're not going to decide what all the scriptures mean in all circumstances, but it has to mean this here, and it has to mean this here, and it can't ever mean anything different. So um, 
So I find that kind of interesting, and I love this place, and I think where the world is going, and I wonder if this is where God has been leading to through the whole history of the earth, is this final time, and the final time is in which he is going to do the interpreting for all of us. In other words, it's like Greg's always saying, one size fits one, so that it's like, you know, we won't, and there's a, there's a scripture, another scripture I like that says, no man will say to his brother, know ye the Lord, for all will know him. That seems to be the place that we're going. Um, and I think that's what he's wanted all along. So that every, really what will end up happening is everybody will have kind of their own precious, sacred relationship and religion. And I think that's the way it's always been. We've thought because we sit on the same pew with these people that they have the same religion as us. No, not really. If you were to talk to them in private, it's every person going down the row has different views, different different ways in which they, they're right in line with the organization, different ways in which they're like, I'm not quite sure about this aspect. Um, and so um, one last thing, and then I'll pass it back. Um, so this is strange. You're talking about Barry Manilow waking up in the middle of the night and hearing songs. So last night, a song was playing in my head. Now, you had sent out the song a week ago, and um, and I read through, and I realized it was Sweet to Sweet Caroline, although I didn't think of the name of the song. I just, like, I could hear it in my head. And then, um, anyways, last night, I had forgotten, though. And last night, I just kept having this song play through my head and play through my head and play through my head. And guess what it was? It was Sweet Caroline. <laughs> and so... I turned it on on YouTube and I listened to it in loop last night because it was comforting to me. Um, apparently, God was prepping me for today's episode. Um, it's kind of surprising because I did not remember at all that that was the song that it was to. So I'll turn it back <laughs> if Greg, if you want to say some things about the song that you did. So, sure, that Jesus did. See, now one of the things I'll do, and I don't mind doing. I think it's actually funny. So. What you'll have is when you have different beliefs, uh, uh, getting on somebody's belief. So, hey, so Greg wrote this song. You, you ought to hear it. Like, and, and Greg will say, oh, I didn't write it. That was Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good for that. And uh, so for the rest of my life, that's what it's, it's call and response. So um, that's one. But let me just go into the lyrics and I'll just give you a little interpretation. Well, this is the interpretation. I'll give you a little more interpretation. Uh, so in this song, um, for for me, this was this has been important um, to me because Jesus has been teaching me um, in many different ways, not just songs. But one of the things he's he's put paramount as because my desire of him is to get more Jesus, which means to love him more. S simply, more Jesus means the the first commandment, which is the prime directive: love Jesus, not have him love you. He already does. No, it's you learning to love him with all your might, mind, and strength. So it's the prime directive. Well, um, two problems with that. One, he's invisible. And two, he talks really softly, almost where you can't hear him. You can't even tell if it's your own voice. So those are two problems I have. So Jesus asks me to imagine that he's there. So he's asking me for something. Greg, I need you to imagine that I'm here. And like, help thou my imagination, Lord. And so he does with songs. And he does with scriptures and he does with a lot of other things. So this song, 
the very first line, first verse, uh, is, is me telling myself what to do. Take Jesus' hand, walk with Lord God Almighty. Well, that's a pretty big ask. Open your heart, then you'll see him. And so um, people have used this phrase. So I'm giving you a doctrinal understanding uh, that there's a first comforter, and that's the Holy Ghost. The second comforter is the presence of our Lord Jesus being in his presence. Um, I'll let you Google that and study it all you want. But basically, that's what he wants me to do. Seek my face. That's another term for it, which is, which is a way of saying, seek my presence. You know how my apostle said, abide with me, Lord? That's what I want you to get good at, Greg. I want you to practice my presence. And so this song, when I sing this song, it reminds me, or it's called self-reinforce. So the way in which people keep beliefs is they self-reinforce them. So Emily is self-reinforcing by finding Jesus in paintings again and again and again. And how else might we self-reinforce? Well, Emily does, does this one too, through prayer. So she will meditatively, so does Jonathan, so do I, meditatively stop and offer sometimes a formal prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, blah, 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 in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That's a prayer that most people are familiar with. That's what people call prayer. Well, what is prayer? Prayer is these four steps. Well, yes and no, because actually what Emily's doing is a much wider scope of prayer, where prayer can be like praising somebody or paying attention to them. So this is what Jesus has been teaching me, and he's always teaching me, like um, there's many, many, many forms of prayer, uh, and some appeal to some people. Some people are just like verbal prayer. That's all I have my eyes on. I can see what you're talking about, Greg, but I just... I don't want to conceive of anything other than that as being prayer. Well, God has me conceiving of a whole lot of things as prayer, even silence as being prayer. Or you could, some people say, well, can we just call that pondering? Right. So you can call it pond, praying and pondering if you're more comfortable. But when we sing a song, so throughout Christendom, this happens to be one of those things where people do recognize that song is a form of prayer. I mean, when you're saying, uh, We'll sing all hail to Jesus' name. Well, that's pretty prayerful. Or, um, oh God, the eternal Father, we ask. You're talking to Jesus. You're talking to Heavenly Father in that case, but nonetheless. Um, and so Jesus has me call these prayer songs and then also refer to them as hymns. So people who aren't familiar with that term. So um, the songs sometime directly... Um, correlate to a story where I'm talking to Jesus or he's talking to me or I'm I'm re reminiscing about Jesus but this is what I want to draw attention to is for me these are prayers these are like well it's a rote prayer right but not every time do I sing this song the same way so there's some flexibility but yeah our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name that is called a rote prayer but people are pretty comfortable with that one you know that one's found in the scriptures and they're also comfortable with certain prayer songs or hymns being very prayerful, like abide with me, tis even tide, the day is past and gone. So people can get that. That's not a big stretch. But then seeing what Emily's doing and saying, look, she's praying, that's a harder one. And even for artists, they may not like conceive of what they're doing as prayer. But ultimately, God is having me understand, Greg, when you are kind to others, <laughs> That is a prayer to me. In other words, don't tell me. Show me, Greg. 
and when you feel um, loved. So um, that's what, one of the first things uh, uh, that I'd want to draw attention to. Verse one, and this is this is actually what I do on these witnesses. So times sometimes the witness lasts for like, and then well, this one will probably take about five more minutes, I think. But it'll go on and on because there's a lot of interpretation, um, just like it could be in, in her painting. Take Jesus' hand, walk with Lord God Almighty. And so that emphasizes to me the goal. The goal is for me to become trained by Jesus, which is what I believe. Just like I say, this song came from Jesus. I believe I'm being tutored by Jesus. I believe you all are, whether you believe it or not. He's tutoring you. He's putting you in conditions and circumstances meant to draw you close to him. You're like, well, I don't like his name. Okay, draw you close to truth. Oh, yeah, that feels good. Or love. Yeah, there you go. Um, don't freak out about the name. He, he wants you to be in a more loving relationship with love then. Uh, but he wants me to be in a more loving relationship with Jesus. And he knows how to do that. Um, he has to take in consideration who I am and so forth. And so this song, you'll see the emphasis in this song is it's reinforcing to my mind like, Jesus, so I kind of hear you sometimes because, like I said, you're invisible. You got a problem with you, and then that's the next problem is you don't talk very loud. He goes, "Oh, then, then sing it. Make make my voice louder, Greg. Can you do that?" So I'm going to take your hand, walk with Lord God Almighty, uh, open your heart, then you'll see Him. So that reminds me what to do. That's Jesus reminding me. Of course, I'm giving myself self instructions. Open your heart, then you'll see Him. Greg, do you want to see Jesus? Yeah. Then open your heart. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, here's one thing it means. Uh, next verse, sing with you now, see him sing with you now. So now I'm imagining he sings this song and with you. So there's a statement of belief. Um, if you believe you'll hear his voice. And so then it makes it conditional, like, okay, you're only going to hear his voice. If you believe you hear his voice, um, note after note. So very specific, listen to that note. And, and these are very dramatic notes. Uh, Neil Diamond and Jesus created kind of a uh, very dramatic song, and, and but it also has a conversational note um, aspect to it, which you'll see, which you probably already see. Um, note after note, and then here comes the real part that I love: reaching out, dear Lord, touching me, touching you. So uh, it reminds me of that one painting where, uh, like the Michelangelo, there's God and Adam reaching out, going to touch each other, right, like that, like Emily's demonstrating, um, and. That is what uh, ultimately I believe our spirits seek. I want Jesus to hold me. <laughs> I don't want to just hold his hand, but that's touching too. Um, and so touching me, touching you, sweet Jesus, Lord. So the emphasis, of course, on that sweetness and, and a, a love relationship. Uh, raised in love with Jesus. Yes, I hope so. I, I want to be more so. Um, Prayer songs, and so in this song, I like it because it references um, what I just told you. Hymns are prayer songs. Prayer songs let me feel your love. And so this is what I'm telling Jesus in this song. Um, so it sets up a conversation, uh, but it's also a reminder to myself. Prayer songs let me feel his love. And so in the scriptures, um, have, you have you felt to sing the song of redeeming love? I asked, do you feel so now? So ultimately, God is huge on feeling. That's like the dominant thing. Do you feel his love? And sometimes we don't. And we have to carry on. That's called faith. When you, I don't feel his love, but I'll still do what he tells me to do. And he'll test us all with that. Um, but prayer songs, let me feel your love. 
this next line is, they do incline. Prayer songs do incline to believe in God above. So for a lot of people, including myself, if we were to be inclined to love somebody, it might be good if there's thematic music. So like if there was a girl in high school and I could attach just between you and me, which I did, April Wine, uh, Nature of the Beast album called Just Between You and Me. And that I told my wife, I said, I didn't know it at the time, but I was singing that to you as a heartfelt ballad. Um, and so then when I met her, I'm like, that's who I was singing about. But, but before that, I was probably singing about some number of girls in high school, like, oh, my heart longs for oneness with these girls. Um, and so um, our hearts can become inclined, uh, like, hey, um, can we put on some mood music, Jesus? I'd, I'd like to get in the mood. Like So if Jesus is trying to woo you, um, sometimes he may use music. And the idea of Jesus wooing you sounds unholy, inappropriate, but go study Isaiah. <laughs> go study the scriptures. You're going to realize, no, he's pretty comfortable with um, parables that have a man like me playing the, the role of a wife, an unfaithful wife, and him um, the groom and I've cheated on him and I come back, Hey, sorry, Jesus, or, or vice versa. Um, and so, uh, if you can speak in parables, you can get past that weird weirdness, which that's what songs do. They start like gushing. Oh, I love you so much. Um, babe, you're the only one. And, and it, it affects the emotions and some people are stoics like, oh, I don't want to go there. Just uh, too much touchy feely. But thankfully, I'm a Stoic who has, I'm bipolar. Yes, I'm a Stoic, one who can cry at the drop of a hat. I'm watching Fiddle on the Roof. I'm bawling like a baby. Or it was, um, I can still remember when I was a little kid, I was bawling like a baby watching the first time I'd ever seen, uh, what's that one that they, um, uh, uh, Do, Re, Mi, uh, So, La, Ti, Do. What's that uh, sound of music? Sound of music. And I was embarrassed. Like some 10 year old just bawled. Him. I had to move away from my brothers and sisters. Like, why is this thing hitting me? But I, it's probably the music. Um, so that's called manipulation when they manipulate you with the music. But they do incline to believe in God above. They do incline to give you dramatic feelings, even in movies. So Star Wars is awesome music. And then this is the conversational part in, in particular to believe in God above. And now I'm singing this song and I don't feel so lonely. So the emphasis is like closeness again. I don't feel so lonely anymore, Jesus. And then I love this part where Jesus said, well, I'm saying it to him. You sing with me duet. It's two. <laughs> so it's just like a heavy emphasis. Like I'm not alone, even though I'm the one sounds like I'm the only one singing this. I'm going to trust and believe that you're singing along with me. And when I hurt, hurting runs off my shoulders. How can I hurt when loving you? One. And I like that, touching the one, which is me, touching the one, which is him, the big one, uh, reaching out, Lord, you're touching me, touching you. And so we're both reaching for one another. And God does say things like this, seek me, I'll seek you, um, and so forth. Uh, then you repeat the chorus, you say, yes, yes, hallelujah, yes, then the bridge, then you repeat the chorus, and then a very soft repeating of the chorus. All right. I think I've actually covered everything that I wanted to. I wanted you to understand. Oh, no, the last part of this was the email I sent because God has been using this song and other songs to teach me something about our gifts. So this is the last thing I want to share about gifts. Um, 
Jesus converts, okay. Uh, Jesus has given musical artists like John Lennon, Elton John, Axl Rose, so forth, musical talents. Many of them are 10 talent gifted musicians. I'm not, which allows them to bring measures of light and joy to the earth for God's children. Therefore, whether these secular musicians know it or not, God has blessed them with a gift and they are able to create fruit that other mortals enjoy and Jesus enjoys. Um, and let's see. Um, no, nope, I don't think I have it there. So I'll just give you this last part. So one of the things God has been emphasizing to me, um, and like in this Jesus street preach, I'll say, now I'm just a roadie. I'm not the rock of our salvation, the star that we should follow. I'm not the rock star. That's Jesus. Jesus is the rock star. And that's a coveted position. Some people said, Barack Obama's a rock star. Well, he's not literally, but they're using that in a term where in our society, we understand it like the, the, the musicians, the, the rock stars are like gods. Um, and so it's a it's very desirable, uh, exciting kind of thing. Well, that's where, where Jesus has me understand like, you're, Greg, know your place. You're nobody. You're like a roadie, but which is way cool. Thanks, Jesus. I get to cause like this. When I was a teenager, somebody said, hey, um, Aerosmith said, um, or Sticks, better yet, Queen. Queen says, could you be our roadie? I'd be like so honored. Like, wow, I can go check the sound equipment. That's, that's how I portray it, that I'm, I'm just a nobody, which is what God wants me to be. Just a nobody. He's going to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul ever since he rescued me. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus, not me. And so like these songs, when I produce them, you're not going to see a name on it. It doesn't say Greg Muller, rewritten by Greg Muller or anything. Nope. There's nothing. There's just the lyrics. And it makes me happy. And he puts that happiness in my soul. Uh, it's nice to not have the right hand know what the left do. It is, Lord. It's cool. I like it. Um, and it's training for me because I've, I've had a, a weird soul since I was born. I wanted to be the quarterback. I wanted to be the rock star. And he's killed that. Like, yeah, you don't need that. That just gets in the way of having fun with me. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, go ahead and kill it. And but he's uh, also taught me then about our society and about um, religious worship through song. Um, and I won't go deep into it, but just um, that he's emphasized that I'm a three talent singer, that I have a, a job to do. So that I, I download these songs from Jesus and then others will come who have 10 talent voices and they will they'll, they'll perform them when and if God wants them to. And I'm comfortable with that, um, but I'm also comfortable singing and uh, he wants me to be able to sing. If you, if you have one talent voice, sing, sing my praises. Don't. Um, but we live in a society where don't paint unless you can paint good. If you can't paint as good as Emily does, um, then then don't paint. And and Emily, to show her bonafide, she showed us some stuff. People like, oh, well, I can see you can make messes like you're doing. But can you paint anything that we go like? She's a good painter. The truth is, she could because she's like, I don't know where she's on a scale of one to ten, but she's a good painter above a three um and so that um oftentimes in our society people want to like okay if you're a little kid it's okay to show your painting and so forth but if you're an adult if you can't paint at the level that's close or approximates what emily's able to do then please don't show us uh, and don't sing and don't dance um you can go ahead and make food at your house um, but don't open a restaurant uh, so <laughs> we're encouraged to keep our talents hidden, aren't we, Lord? Yes. And he's not pleased. He wants us to be less like little kids. And 
say, oh, I'm going to sing to my Lord. Well, don't expect, so God says, don't expect to have the school put you out as the lead singer. But you can go out in the playground, maybe move away from everybody, and go open it up, Greg, start singing my praises. And so this is what Jesus has done with song. He's helped me be aware that there's people who are being held back. I'm not one of them. It's like I'm aware of where my talents are. No, I'm not a 10-talent singer. I, I'm good enough at a three-talent singer to know what a 10-talent singer. And you're like, well, you're not trying very hard to become more talented. I just sing. It's not, it's not like I was sent to earth to be a singer. I'm sent to earth to be a downloader of Jesus' songs, or what some people call a songwriter, a song master upper. Yes, I'm probably 10-talent that, but singer. And so there's some songwriters that don't sing. Um, they say, I, I don't sing, although they do. One of them was Jim Steinman, and he did one album, but Meatloaf had a 10-talent voice. Jim Steinman, probably a six-talent. And when you're trying to get sweaty wads of cash, you better go with the 10 talent. And I get that. But I guess that's the other thing is lessons I've learned um, through this process. And, and it's focused me on uh, that's probably one of the more important ones is hiding our talents. Like, well, if I can't do it real well, I don't I don't want to do it at all. Why? They'll laugh at me. Fools mock, but they shall mourn. And also, if you don't share his word, your talent, even if it's just one talent, then you also are fool and you're going to rue it. You're going to rue the day. Just go find the nursing home. Okay. If you're like, I'm only a one talent, go to the nursing home, go to the kindergartners. They'll enjoy it. Oh, well, I want to be appreciated by people who are 10 talent singers. Well, then you're an idiot. <laughs> you think you're a one talent singer? 10 talent singers are so hard to amuse. It'd be like 10 talent artists. Like, oh, look what I did. Inside them, they're like, that's loser stuff, man. I, I did that when I was back in college or whatever. They have a hard time not being judgmental. And I know this because I know a singer who actually uh, performed at, uh, where was it? Uh, that, where's that country place um, that people, not Nashville, but the, the, the one, uh, Branson, Branson. Yeah, these guys perform professionally at Branson. Guy doesn't sing. Well, I think that's his name, actually. <laughs> um, anyways, you don't see him singing. Uh, and, and I know why. I met this other guy who's an opera singer and he sings to his dogs. I'm like, oh man, you ought to just sing locally or something. Um, opera, I'd, I'd come and listen, but he's, he's kind of ashamed because his voice is not what it used to be. And God wanted me to see both of those instances. You see so how sad that is? 10 talent singers, or maybe who've dropped down to eight, and now they're ashamed um, because they're so judgmental because they think, the only singing worth doing um, is is ten talent singing. Otherwise, no one wants to hear you. Well, most people don't want to hear Sting. I mean, if he came to town, yeah, you'd have a lot of people coming. But some people say, I don't want to hear him. What? You guys need to obey. This is Sting. No, Greg could go. Depends how much are the tickets. <laughs> That'd be the first thing. But even if he came once, I wouldn't come to the second show. I'd like, yeah, no, I heard it. Um, and so, you know, I learn about the nature of our talents from this. Sorry, I took all the time there, but it was like my first showing of of that. Now you kind of have a, if I share other songs, you'll kind of understand the background and I won't share the background. I'll just share the song from here on out. Is it okay if I share a couple of thoughts about what you said? Yep. 
So um, what you've been talking about actually reminds me of something that I did this week. So this painting that you guys see that I worked on, um, this week I had an opportunity that I actually totally spaced and forgot about. They set it up months ago. Um, just some local neighborhood. They wondered if I would do kind of like a little Jesus paint night with um, with them and some of the local youth. And uh, there only ended up being like five five other people besides me. And my garage was a mess. My house was a mess. You'd be proud of me. I, I left it pretty messy. And, uh, and um, but it was really interesting. So they all, I talked a little bit about Jesus, some of my Jesus paintings and showed them a few. And then I kind of showed them all the different supplies. And I had like some, uh, some prepared wood things that someone else, that I had a neighbor help me with earlier in the day, kind of get ready for them and then we talked a lot about the ideas of curiosity and play. And it was really interesting to try to um, explain what I do to them. I found um, a lot of them were really worried. They're like, it doesn't look like Jesus. And I don't find them. Like, you're not giving me like real instructions. Some of them were like, no, how do I know how to do it? And so some people were like really worried. And some just went all at it, like paint all over their hands, all over the thing. And I'm like, it's just playing. You're just playing and try to find Jesus. You're just being curious. And, um, so this painting was the one that I worked on during that thing. And um, one of the things we talked about is they were just beat up. They're like, well, yours really do kind of look like Jesus. And I was like, well, I've done over 400 of these. Um, before that, I mean, I've been painting people for like 30 years, um, like my whole life. And, and I realized that even though I am making a mess, I do have a lot of general knowledge of this is how light and shadow work. These are some of the like art rules and things that I use. But what I what I talked to them about was this phrase and I wrote it on the back of this painting. Let's see if you guys can see it. It says F, F, T. And I don't know if we've ever talked about that in here. It's a, it's a phrase from Brene Brown from a podcast she did a couple of years ago, but it's a, pretty much, it goes, this is my flipping first time. So like when you're doing something and it's not going well, you know, you have to have that freedom to make mistakes. And so we talked a lot about how with um, like, yeah, you've never tried to paint Jesus. This is your flipping first time. What do you expect? Like your little kids and like this earth, like we talked and we talked a lot about that, Greg, some of the things you've talked about, but like, this is your flipping first time being on earth. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Like, and, and that's the whole point of Jesus is that you, you know, you, you can't expect this perfection. Like it's unreasonable with a little kid to set them with a book and be like, read this. And then they're like, I don't know how to read. You know, they wouldn't say that, but like, essentially that's what it would be. Like, I can't read that. You know, if, if you're like, Hey, commune with God. And then they're like, I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. And so it's this whole idea of just experimentation. And that's why I think it's, a, it's amazing that he uses these different, you know, we all have different ways of reaching out. This is one way I do it. Yours is through song and writing and then um you know jonathan's is through like his his writing too but again it's um i don't know it was actually a very enjoyable experience for me i think i'll probably open it up to more people i don't know i think people want to pay but i don't really want to charge people um but i do i don't know but one of the things I talked to them about as well is that they, they were i'm like well mine are a process of several like i don't just work on these one time like we're working here for an hour, I come back to it. Like, like this artwork, I didn't really like it that much. See, now I'm starting to really like it. Um, it's starting to look really cool, I think. And 
Um, there's a little bit more highlights I want to add on the face just to give more bone structure here and here. But other than that, I think I just really like it. But I painted on this board. I just found this random board sitting on my table. And I was like, I've never painted on a long, skinny piece of wood. This looks like fun. Yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. It's amazing that it fits. Like, it's a perfect fit. Perfect. Like, exactly the right size. I couldn't have planned that better. And isn't that what Greg said with things? You do things and you're like, I don't know how this is going to work. You don't even plan on it working. And, um, but then it does. It's, I mean, isn't that how God goes, though? I mean, it's exactly what he does. And, um, Emily, something you said I wanted to emphasize is, Emily's talking about taking the time. So that's one of the things that I realized that I've done with my relationship with God, same thing I'd have to do with my relationship with my wife or relationship with friends, um, is that you have to choose your damn sacrifice in the words of Jordan Peterson. Like, what do you want to have a relationship with money? Then you're going to have to spend some time getting some money. Uh, do you want a relationship with God? Then, you, then you're going to have to spend some time doing that. Uh, you can't serve two masters. Like, and, and, and maybe God will show you how to do both at once. Um, but generally, that's not something that's emphasized because I don't see a lot of self-help books on here's how you get money. You, you, you go get a lot of Jesus. No, that's that's not. There are people, though, that um, it's called whatever profitability worship or something like that. So there could be. It's not it's not the avenue. But I guess the emphasis is these songs teach me that that. I'll, I'll wake up and you know from a nap and here's a song playing in my head and I'll just find myself like, oh, I want to hear it. I want to hear what's the next lyric. And I'll, I'll sit there for two hours when I should be getting up and doing some handyman work so I can get paid. But like I'm making a choice here and I know I am like, oh, I got another song from Jesus. Um, and it's very memorable, uh, partly because of the sacrifice that it requires. So all these 130, well, 33, 34 songs, um, they've required tremendous amount of concentration, energy. And um, so, yeah, I, anyways, when you were talking about that, Emily, um, finding, finding the thing that you can um, enjoy or at least tolerate. Um, and, and so I can pray. In fact, I, I talk to Jesus all the time, but formal prayers, I'm not big on super long prayers. I admire people who are, um, but I can get it done in you know five minutes. And so somebody dies, I'll probably be doing it for hours. But um, but I, I go around talking to him all the time. So if that counts, and in my world it does. Like wow, I pray a lot just because I'm talking to Jesus, and um, or writing about Jesus or these songs. And so um, I guess finding your groove with Jesus. Um, I, my advice is he's the one that can show you that. And it'll be through trial and error, like Emily's suggesting, you know, you just try something. And um, really traditional forms of worship weren't working. Um, they weren't optimized to me. Uh, they're probably optimized to certain people, maybe who are, you know, they like the traditional forms and so forth. I do all the, the traditional ones. It's just that it's not optimized. So it's not what I do. Uh, as much as other people do them. I find other ways like this. Right now, this is a form of worship, getting on Jesus TV with some friends. We talk about Jesus. Like, 
And like, this is different than Sunday school class, isn't it? Yeah. Sunday school class at church would be a, a formal structure, a familiar structure. But this idea of even columnist Jesus TV and you're, you're doing art, you're doing poetry and song. Well, that's untraditional, at least from my background. But it, it works for me. It seems to be like, yeah, this, this is enriching for me. But I wouldn't, like Jonathan suggesting, impose it upon anybody. Uh, no, it's, um, it's without compulsion. And I think that's the relationship you're looking for, uh, whoever you are, if you're listening, is one that kind of flows. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's about all I can say about that. I was actually going to say along with that, um, when Jonathan was talking earlier about organization, like the purpose of organizations and religion, I actually think the biggest reason is to connect with others. Like yeah. for me, it forces me, like when I do go to church, it forces me to pause. Like it forces me to pause and yeah. take time to think about God, whereas other times I don't. Um, and I think it, for others, so like, you know, I think busyness is something we all do. And so you have to have those moments to pause. And I also think community, um, that's a huge part of, uh, and that's something that one of my religious, uh, one of my neighbors had said, it's just, you know, because he was like, if you're not going to come all the time, how are you going to have that sense of community? And that's just something he brought up with me, not being like rude or mean, but just like, honestly, I think asking a question. And I think it's a really good question. Because you, I think having that sense of community, we, we come to God together and we build on each other. And so I think that's just a really good point. And so I think establishing or finding that sense of community, like you said here, I consider this my church every Sunday. Um, and if I don't have this, I feel really sad. And like, I don't know, I'm trying to decide, I kind of want to do a crazy thing like during the week. I haven't decided which day, but maybe I'll just do like, this is an idea I've had for actually years, probably like five years I've probably had this idea I was like I just want to have like an open paint night every week like this is the day of the week I'm going to be painting if you want to come hang out come hang out nice I don't want to charge for it. I don't want to I'm just like I need so I need motivation to do art and that's really weird I don't like to paint alone and it's I don't like being alone in general I love people and it's one reason why summers are really hard for me I just get really depressed not teaching and being with people every day and so, I don't know, I think I want to do it. I think I just have to be brave and just be like, okay, I'm going to start painting this time, this day. I'll be painting for an hour and a half or two hours from, you know, 7 to 9 p.m. And that's when I'm painting. And I think I just have to decide and just do it. I just keep trying to be like, what's the perfect day? And there's not like a perfect day every week that it's just going to work every time. Right, right. Maybe I'll just have to put it, um, you know, on the Facebook page. I'll be like, if you want to come paint or you want to come hang out, talk about Jesus, this is the time and place this week. That Maybe I'll help that way. Yeah, I, I like it floating. Yep, absolutely. I happen to be doing it at this time and place this week. If you want to come over, come over. Yeah. My garage door will be open. Like I have this, I've always had this plan. Like I just want to have my garage just like open. Like I've always yeah. had this vision in my head <laughs> where it's just like it's open. And like anybody who walks past can just like walk in and hang yeah. out. And that's kind of like a weird thought. I, well, I don't know why I have i should i should just do it maybe i'll do that yeah i, I hope you do because then i'll drop in sometime i know right yep sometime yeah i don't know when like what time like i said I, I always try to find the perfect time and the perfect way to do it like i'm like well it should be at night time but i'm like well sometimes maybe i could do it in the morning 
sometimes I could do it at night. Sometimes. <laughs> like open paint night is this time. Come paint if you want. Come hang out. I'll have supplies if you just want to make yeah. a mess. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll do it. I hope so. I hope so. I, I could see you doing it with an organization. So they have to take care of the schedule. You'd have to plug into that. Um, and that, of course, then makes it less flexible. But you can always tell them, hey, you have to let everybody know we're not doing it. You could have a, um, an email list so that you say, you know, we have to be able to have last minute cancellations because I do have a family. So anyways, there's different options. Ponder that. But it sounds like it, it would be good for you. It'd be kind of like a Wednesday worship service. Um, yeah. Like I have Christian. Yeah. yeah. Right now I'm kind of thinking Wednesdays because it's midweek, but I don't know. Maybe other times, Tuesdays. Who knows? I'm like, I should start this week, but then I'm like, oh, I have stuff every day this week. <laughs> and my wrists are still sore and I'm not, I'm worried that I won't have, like, I need to stop painting now. My wrist is getting sore. I took off my braces and I'm like, oh, uh -huh. I need to stop. That's actually why I did right-handed today. Because my left hand is the really bad one. So I couldn't use my left hand. And I'm like, maybe Jesus is saying it's time to start using both hands. <laughs> that, that's true. Well, that, that painting is almost ready for sale, isn't it? I think it is. It's pretty much right. Like I said, they're always, they're ready. And then I just keep working on it. <laughs> yep. Hey, just, just keep waiting. Don't buy her painting. She'll put more value into it. Just no. Keep... no, I don't. <laughs> no, I do like it like this. I think. Yeah, I do. Jonathan does. Jonathan, do you have any final parting thoughts as we come to the, the hour? Yeah, I apologize. I, so I've been in and out. My connectivity has been really bad this week. Uh, you guys have probably noticed I've been um, constantly in and out. Um, and uh, so I didn't hear a whole ton. <laughs> Actually, I did. I heard pieces, bits and pieces. But um, I like the idea of having that once a week. And, um, and, um, I like the idea of having that once a week and, um, and I will go, um, that's what I'll say. I'll go. I would really enjoy that. Um, what else? Oh, I was going to say something about the painting you're doing. It's amazing that it fits. Oh, I, I had a thought about the painting and then I'll close with that. So, um, I noticed, so for one thing, it's lighter than the rest. So, you know, I guess there's something in that, you know, Christ brings light. I don't know. But he also fits in. So it's it's still messy. Um, but he comes out. And, and the other thing that's interesting is that, um, so like, it's like he doesn't come into your life and make it perfect overnight. It's like he meets you where you're at. But then also, um, so he's, what was I going to say? So he's in the middle and he, oh, so when we have a mess, it, it, you know, we talked about last week, like it looks like it's just disorder, right? But there's a grand scheme in it. So there's the frame, you know, there's, um, yes. So that's the, oh, give me a second. Um, so that's the um, the framework is that there is a um, an order in all of it. There's an order in all of it, and um, 
Give me a second. I got to put something back and then I can think. Just a second. There's, there's an order in it all. But then the other thing that I kind of liked about this week and the way that it worked out was that it's like so often we think that we have to be the ones to make sense of it all, that we have to find the order. But what's fascinating about what happened this week, whether it ends up, whether that painting ends up being part of the whole or not, is that for at least this week, for this episode, it fit perfectly. So it's not always up to us to figure out how he fits, right? It's like, in this instance, this was all him, right? He had Emily pick up the exact board that fits to the millimeter. He's the one that arranged for it to be just, you know, what it is. And um, that's what I found in my life, I think, is that is that, wow, like, I'm not the one that has to make sense of all of this. I'm not the one that has to, it's like he will create a miracle. It's nothing short of a miracle that that fits exactly. He'll create a miracle that in the end puts him right in the center. And isn't that interesting? It's right in the center and it fits perfectly in the center. In the end, we'll discover, even when we think that our lives were a mess, if we turn to Christ, he'll show us by, in, by miraculous means how he was always intended and per perfectly right there in the center. It's not our job to do that. Our job is to trust that even though there's a mess, that there's something coming that will fit just perfectly and make it all what it's supposed to be. That's what I wanted to say. For sure. What's even more interesting is the only way this ended in the center is just after I painted it, I needed to set it somewhere to dry. And I was like, oh, here's a spot. I just set it here. <laughs> so it wasn't like I planned this at all. And then today I was like, oh, I should take off that big gear thing, you know, so I can like raise it a little bit higher. This is kind of like a lower painting height for me. It's I kind of have to go like this to paint on it. Whereas it's not like quite at the eye level. I usually like when I'm standing anyways. But then I was like, huh, like this morning when we started, I was like, huh, well, that kind of works there. Like I literally just threw it up here to dry. I was like, I need somewhere to set it kind of out of the way. I'm cleaning my garage. And and it's interesting, like you said, how God does work that way, where it's like, you just, you're like, ah, oh, this, and I'm like, I should really paint on more random pieces of wood. I need something that's like super crazy. And I, I kind of like that, where it's just like, here's just a rant. I mean, this is literally a scrap. This is, I mean, this is a plywood piece. I don't even usually paint on this type of wood. Um, so this is like a three quarter inch plywood piece that was probably used um, for one of my cabinets or kitchen things or like a set of drawers or something that I made. And this is like, I had some that I took apart a couple months ago because they just weren't working or whatever. That's literally probably what this is. Like, it's just a scrap piece of wood that I just, I don't even know why I haven't thrown it away yet. This is usually a piece that I would throw away. Like the piece up here, it's all, I don't know if you can see that too, like this piece of wood, like it's got like these little marks up here, like it's like the wood got ripped off when it got cut or taken apart, like these white parts here. That's like the wood, like bad saw cuts. Like, I don't know, it's a new direction to go. Well, <laughs> I will let you guys close it up. All right. Well, thanks for coming to Jesus TV. <laughs>